Welcome to Conlangery, the podcast about constructed languages and the people who create them. I'm George Corley, and we have my co-host, Bianca Mangum. Hello. It's really hard for me to say. We only what? have two it's people It's just on. man, and then gum. Yeah, but I see NG, and I just want to go velar nasal. I just want to say mangum. We did like that now. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Why don't we just jump right into it? I don't yeah. know what to say about anything. I yeah. don't have a story today. <laughs> uh, if you do have a story later, then it comes later. Either way it works. <laughs> so, our topic today, getting started conlanging. So, how do you get started, started with conlanging? With your first conlang or with a new conlang, what resources do we have there? And where do you start with when you're creating a la- new language? Hmm. I think I'm probably pretty different from most people in this one. Where if I just want to start something, I just start typing good amount of gibberish till it looks like something I want. Then I start breaking it down. That's something a lot of people say, is that they will just start with random words... I usually don't do that so much. I try to get some semblance of meaning of it, of it and some sound for that. Well, like, I'll usually, like, choose, like, a phoneme inventory, but I won't know much about the phonology or, like, the rules and stuff until well into it, because that's kind of what I do. I make it. And then I go back and analyze it for the phonology, not the other way around. Yeah, I have... I, I always started with a phoneme inventory. Now, in the beginning of it, uh, it was not what you would really see as a phoneme inventory by the standards of the forms and such, but that was basically what it was, a list of sounds. <laughs> Yeah. And then I was building things from that. I think everybody has their own process. Really what I want to talk about more is I want to give a little bit of info to people who are starting conlanging for the first time. Now, you more recently than me started conlanging. Where did you get started? Um, I just made stuff up. I didn't really use anything. I just, like, opened a document and started typing stuff. Yeah, I didn't really use any resources or anything. I'm, like, the worst host you could have picked for this one because I don't know anything about these, like, resources and stuff. And it wasn't until, like, six months in that I even thought about checking the Internet for stuff. Yeah. Well, to me, it was the same way, actually. I started in high school, and I just had a notebook, and I started writing down sounds. And then I started writing down words, creating a dictionary. And then later on, I got online, and I was searching 
for creating a language or whatever, and I came upon the language construction kit, which I would recommend to anyone that's just getting started because it's a very good primer. It's Either good for some things, but not for a lot of things. Because I've looked at it, because I guess a lot of people link to it, and I don't remember now because I haven't been back. Like, I like some of the beginning parts, which are good if you don't, like, have any linguistic knowledge. But then, like, the grammar parts later, I'm like, there's a lot more you can do than this. But I guess it's a good place to start. Well, it's a starting point. It's for beginners. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? Yeah, like, I guess there's a lot more now than before with the internet. Um, I also recommend just going on the forums, like, if you mess up, it's actually better because then people love to correct you so you'll get more attention. And then when you actually fix it and make it better, because if you don't fix it and make it better, then you're an idiot. But if you do fix it and make it better, you already have the people's interest. Well, the yeah, the forums are definitely good. I got a lot of good feedback from forums. And that was sort of the second thing I found online. Another thing is, if you are in college as you're starting, or if you're at a high school that has uh, basic linguistics classes, take some basic linguistics classes. Oh my that God, what? can really help you. I know that you're a linguistics major, right, Bianca? Yeah. I'm just wondering what high school would have a basic linguistics class. I've heard of it. My kind own of. high school did not, my own high school had two foreign language classes, no linguistics at all. I've heard that there are high schools that have it. What kind of fancy school is this? I got the side eye at school just for taking two different languages. That would be the experience of my school too, except I didn't take two different languages, I only took one. Yeah, well, and then they're like, huh, we're going to give you German first thing in the morning. Then we're going to give you Spanish first and after that. And then we're going to make you write in English. And I was like, I hate you. It's 7 in the morning. I don't want to learn German. <sighs> anyway. But yeah, any kind of basic introductory linguistic thing. Like, even if you just start with, like, phonetics, which is a pretty good starting point because then you can learn about your own language and then not relax it, which is pretty much happens to most everyone who starts before they have any basic knowledge. And then, like, even I relax some things. Like, no one's going to believe this, but, like, in Inyaup, there's quite a bit of stuff that I was just like, I can't think of anything. We'll just copy Spanish. No one will know. Really? Yes. That's interesting. <laughs> I did actually look a little bit at, uh, by the way, I didn't look very, very closely at everything. I didn't read through, but... And you weren't like, this is exactly like Spanish? Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, on the surface, the things that I've seen so far aren't Spanish, because you have a three-vowel system, <laughs> things like that. But I'll get back to you on that when I've looked at it further. Uh, I wouldn't try too hard. I don't think you'll find it. It's only just, like, I'll notice. Um. <laughs> but anyway, look at 
just look online, even browse. Even just Wikipedia. Wikipedia has a lot of stuff. Yeah. I used it when I was in school. It's good enough for school. It's good enough for your fake language. Well, Wikipedia is actually very good on linguistics. Ish. Yeah. I mean, it's still not in-depth, but it has a lot of a lot of articles on linguistics that are pretty accurate. It's better on the linguistics topics than actual languages. When you start looking at other languages, either to steal features or just out of interest, then it gets a bit shaky. But the actual linguistic articles are pretty good. Yeah, linguistics topics it's good on. Actual languages, I've seen, you know misconceptions sometimes and <laughs> mostly it's just they're very sketchy. They'll give you the phonology and a few interesting grammar points and don't give you that much. That's pretty much how it goes. But that's another good starting point is just reading about other languages. I mean that's why I like learning languages because you'll realize things that you might not have before. Yeah. And taking language classes, taking foreign language classes is a good Oh, of course. Or, of or course. learning. Yeah. Of course. I mean, the only problem there is that if you really start learning the languages and you'll like it, you'll want to take everything from it, and then you're just like, crap. This is the exact same thing. Which also happened to me. That, I don't think, happened to me. I took, for my first language, Yelta, I took maybe one feature from Spanish which I was learning at the time. And, well, I did take some sounds. I took uh, and I took a few other things, but I didn't really copy Spanish. It was very much, I was looking for weirdness, so I was going for even crazier things than I could find. That's true. I know, like, when I was doing my second language, I was also learning Swedish. And then it was just like, crap, I keep stealing stuff from Swedish. And it ended up being really Germanic. I was just like, crap, I need to change this. It's going to be ergative. Now, I will say, I've been itching to do a tonal language for a while, but all my ideas for a tonal language, I keep thinking this is going to be very much like a Sinitic language, because I'm learning Mandarin right now. Mm-hmm. And Mandarin and Cantonese especially, but some of the other Sinitic languages, I think, as well, are very much the ideal tonal isolating language. Yeah. I did, like, a mini-tone language, and that was a mini-language, and had tones. It was my cat language. And if you want to, like, have tones, but not have it be like Chinese, use it only for grammar, I believe. The tones are mostly lexical in Chinese. They're, or am I wrong? All, they're entirely lexical. Yeah, so With use the, it for the grammar. Yeah. <laughs> they're entirely lexical in Mandarin, at least. Except that there's tone sandy, but that has nothing to do with grammar at all. No. Yeah, so yeah. my cat language has um, grammatical tone, and it isn't lexical at all. It just overlays on top of the word. Maybe you could smart. do a little of both. I think that uh, yeah. there are African languages
languages that have tones that are lexical and used for grammaticalization. I can easily see that. But anyway... <laughs> Where were we? Yeah. Anyway, definitely if you are interested in creating a constructed language, you know, maybe you are someone who's new and is listening to this podcast, definitely you need to get on the Zompas bulletin board or the Conlanger bulletin board. And I'll actually include the links in the show notes. They're, they're on the blog roll, but I'll put them in the show notes as well. And you probably should look at the LCK. Yeah, it's a good starting point if you don't have any knowledge. I know, like, when I start things, I'm not like, oh, I don't have to read 50 pages of stuff just to start. But if you don't, you're going to waste, you know, weeks doing this and then finally get around to reading it and be like, all of my stuff's garbage, I wasted my time. So, read some stuff first and then start. Yeah. And on the forums, read other people's stuff and ask questions. Don't just put your own language up there. There's millions of sketches that go up there. Not, yeah. not millions, but thousands of sketches have been on there. And definitely when you get something, do that. But before you get to the point where you're creating sketches and putting them on the forums, look at other people's sketches, look at other threads in the forum, and look outside the conlang forum, look in the linguistics forums and such, and those will give you ideas. And for fuck's sake, learn IPA, because if I have to read another thing that's like H in English, I will kill someone. Well, yes, you do need uh, IPA. Not uh, Xampa. Xampa is for children. And babies? No. Xampa's well, fine. No. There's, there are enough people on the forums that understand Xampa that you can get no. by with it. Don't use it. If you're going to learn it, learn it properly. Some no. Some might have no. <laughs> IPA on their computers want to be accessible. This is the year 2011. If you can't figure out how to put a symbol on your computer, I don't care. I know there are exceptions. Still, I don't care. I see. <laughs> but yeah, LCK, the, those forums, and if you have the opportunity to take linguistics classes, that's not a necessity. Go to Wikipedia, go into articles on language features. So if you hear about something on the forums, this is a good way to use Wikipedia. You hear about People talk about ergativity on the forums. Look that up on Wikipedia. It'll give actually you good the, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but actually the ergativity on Wikipedia is one of the things that's really crap. <laughs> okay. Or at least I felt it was. I didn't... Like, I read it and I was like, this wasn't helpful at all. It, I used it, I think, but I also was reading on the forums to get more information. Uh... Ergativity, honestly, I use ergativity on one conlang, but I still am not exactly sure precisely how everything should work. Well, there's a lot of variation in this. 
long as it makes sense to you, it probably already exists in an argative language. I mean, I'm not that good at it either. Grammar is definitely not my specialty. But it's a lot easier than they make it sound on the stupid Wikipedia page, which is why I was, like, upset. I was like, you wasted, like, a paragraph trying to explain something, which is not that complicated. But somehow you made it sound horrible. Um, God, but, like, when I was doing grammar in school, it was, like, the unaccusative, the unargative, and it killed me. <sighs> I don't know. It looks like, actually... It may have changed since we looked at it last, because now it has, it has actually a, on Wikipedia, the ergative, it has a diagram that shows the agent, subject, and object. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah, and it, uh... That didn't help me at all. It's not as verbose. I like of course, you have to learn what agent, subject, and object all mean. But. Yeah. That's the only problem, like, kind of beautiful thing about languages, and also the bitchiest thing about languages, is that everything is connected, and to know one thing, you pretty much have to look up everything else, and it all goes together. I'm glad that they have examples, though, because for me, if it doesn't have glosses, it's just kind of like, what's the point? I need glosses. I don't really get why they they use Japanese as their example of an accusative language. <laughs> I have Which, no idea. You know, they could just use English. Yeah, but it, English it, doesn't really have markings. We don't have case markings, so it has causes some problems. But you could work out an English example. Yeah, well, they have some accusative English down at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, it kind of helps if it asks actual marking rather than word order-ish. I think we've really covered the basics of this. We're kind of digressing here. That's true. I will put some links to some beginning conlanging resources in the show notes for this episode. So just go to conlangery.conlang.org or just go to conlangery.com yeah. And go to episode four, and I'll have some links for the con language. Another thing I want to mention is just like sometimes you just have to wait for inspiration. And I know it's pain to have like writer's block, but it just happens. Just yeah, do well, something else for a while, and then you'll hear something, and you'll be like, this is what I need. Take it as an art form. I know, like, I swear to God, one day when I was working in my second language, I was getting fed up, so I put it away. And then, like, a week later, I hear, like, this stupid accordion song, and I was like, yes, I need to have palatalized M. This is what I was missing. That's really random. Why <laughs> would accordion music bring up palatalized M, by the way? Because it just sounded like it. It sounded like it. Oh, Okay. Anyway, I just thought I'd add that story. Well, like, where you start doesn't have to be the same. Some people like working on the grammar. Some people like working on the sounds. We've kind of exhausted ourselves on that topic. Yes. Uh, why don't we move on to our featured conlang today? <laughs> I'm looking forward to a little bit of debating here. It's... <laughs> Uh, if I can pronounce it correctly, 
Shamel. This con light was sent into us by the creator, I believe. I thought it was very interesting because there's a lot of material in the actual language on the site. The site is Zolid with a Z Matters. And he has a short-lived journal called Zolid Matters that he was using to promote the language that has some examples of it. He has this big, he has a saga written in the language, bilingually, actually, on the site. It's actually not that long, but it's a fairly long text to have in a, a conlang. And yeah. it has a fairly well-developed grammar. It looks like a lot of work. Xiamel, I should mention, is a Germanic language. It's It was created by James Campbell, and it's a fictional Germanic language. So, of course, this is one of the things that, that I like that Bianca doesn't like, is uh, people creating languages that belong to real language families. Yeah. Well, that was one thing that I was impressed with. He clearly put a lot of work into doing the um, translations and stuff. I could never translate that much into either of my languages. It would oh, probably no, kill me. Either. But on the same hand, it's still just a Germanic language, which would probably be a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, well, it could be easier or harder. I did not find any information on what uh, sound changes he did. That would be some interesting information to have. That's true. But, but I think in this, he was saying that it's a West Germanic language and it's heavily influenced by Old Frisian, but he doesn't go into sound changes. And, you know, in some ways, I could see a language that is coming from an existing family being more work than a completely a priori language because of the research that would have to go into it to make it accurate. I agree, but also at the same time you don't have to, you know, wait for something to come along and strike you because it's already there and you just get to tweak it. I mean, I don't mind it. It's not like something... I'm totally against. It just doesn't catch my interest in the same way. But clearly he's put a lot of work into this. I don't doubt that. The one thing I am mad about, that I'm really, really angry about, is that he put so much work into this, and he doesn't have one single gloss on a stupid page. I mean, it's just like, glosses are a great way to show people, like, the phonology, the grammar, and, you know, how it translates all together in once. One little thing, so I can get a snapshot of your language. But there's none of those. So I was upset. Well, um, the way his grammar is written does not seem to be like it's written for a linguist. It looks like more it's written for someone who wants to learn it. Yeah. Uh, Which isn't a bad way to write things. And so it has no glosses in it no formal Leipzig glosses or whatever. But well, I think writing to a learner 
is a good way to write things. That way you're not making too many assumptions. But at the same point, if you know something is going to give more information to someone who may be more knowledgeable, then why wouldn't you add it? Unless uh, it you're lazy like me, but I still add glosses. Yeah, I don't know. It's a. <laughs> it seems like a stylistic choice for him in his grammar. Uh, he also uses traditional grammatical terms, like he refers to a future tense, even though it looks like his quote-unquote future tense is a modal construction, just like English has. Well, just like every other Germanic language. Yeah, it's uh, with uh, child, or I don't know how to pronounce that, but... He put, I shall give. What? Yeah, well, it's what? I shall give? That's the way a lot of people... uh, Who? Who? My grandmother? That's the way some people speak. Where what we're talking about is in his future tense in the English. It says, "I shall give," as a translation for "me shall given," uh, if I'm pronouncing that right. But that doesn't bother. Me. Does. And he uses "will" for the others. Yeah. So he uses traditional grammar terms. He doesn't use formal glossing rules. He. Instead, well, he, he doesn't do any glossing. Yeah, he doesn't gloss at all. Like, it doesn't need to be perfectly formal. There's just no glossing, which, I mean, it's fine for, like, the shorter sentences where it's clearly a Germanic language. If you're reading in English, you can figure it out easy enough. But it would be nice for some longer ones to have it so I can see the constructions better without having to read the whole grammar. Yeah, I can see the the problem with that. But all in all, I think it's very well constructed. It's very well done. It's just, you know, we're, we're nitpicking at little things right here, and some of these are maybe a little bit just style things that he didn't choose to include. If you're starting conlanging, get used to people nitpicking, because that's what conlangers love to do. Yeah, well, people will ask <laughs> <laughs> for you to, to make certain things explicit and sometimes that's a good thing especially on the forum now with the forum audience I would definitely recommend using glosses where it's necessary when you're giving example of sentences because people will want to see a gloss there absolutely some people will be angry with you if you don't put the I will be angry with you. Some people, a lot of people will be angry with you if you don't have a formal phonetic transcription. I will be angry with you if you don't put glossing or if you don't put IPA. But I think we can wrap this up. This looks like it's going to be a little bit of a short episode. Yeah, I'd like to say something else on, uh, well, not Jamel, that's whatever, Shamel. Shamel. Yeah. If I, yeah, I don't know. If I can. Well, I think I just did the shot or whatever. <sighs> it would be nice if he had the sound changes. That's the one thing I like with the um, the posteriori languages is that I do enjoy seeing the sound changes, but they're not here. Yeah, that is one thing I really wish he would have included because I would have liked to see 
what his source language was and what sound changes he came up with. I mean, it's like I recognize a lot of the stuff, but I can't pinpoint the change just from browsing over it quickly. Yeah. Well, it looks like a... A lot of the G's went to Y's. Not Y's. The Y. Um, I wonder if that's front files only. Probably. It looks like a West Germanic language, but it doesn't really scream out to me as any specific West That's Germanic true. language, which is a good thing. It want, needs, it should have some unique flavor. It definitely has its own identity, but it yeah. can definitely tell it's a Germanic language. Yeah, and that's the thing that I like when I see these languages. I like to see if you're doing a Germanic language or a Romlang or something, I like to see it be recognizable as the language family that you're going to, but not scream out that it's a copy of any specific language in that family. And that's what this is. It's just, you can tell it's a Germanic language, speaking English, I can see plenty of cognates, but it does not look like German or Dutch. It does remind me quite a bit of German. Does it? But I think that's just because I'm seeing the cognate words in German that aren't in English. I see I see cognate words in German. I don't speak German. So I don't speak I would, German anymore either. I wouldn't be as clear about that, but it doesn't strike me necessarily as No, I agree. It has its own has its own thing. Anyway, that's a wrap for us and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Conlangery. You can find all our episodes and show notes as well as subscribe to our iTunes or RSS feeds through conlangery.conlang.org. You can also like our Facebook page or follow at Conlangery on Twitter. If you would like to contact us with corrections, comments, questions, or suggestions, or even suggest your own Conlang as a feature, please email conlangery at gmail.com or call into our new voicemail line, 304 873 We also have a handy suggestions form on our site. Our theme music was created by Xander Vidaeus.